In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today we celebrate the first Sunday of Advent. Today starts this long-awaited-for season of preparation before the most beautiful and holy of all nights, when the Son of God, the eternal Word of God, became a divine infant in the crib of Bethlehem. Not only is it a commemoration of that first coming of our Lord about 2,000 years ago in which He came in the flesh, taking upon Himself the frailty of our human nature, but St. Bernard reminds us that Christ also comes in spirit and power in the second coming. And this second coming is meant to last until He comes again. This time in the third coming in glory and majesty for the last judgment. So let us focus for a few moments our attention on Christ's second coming in spirit and in power. The first coming has long, has long passed. The third has not yet come. So when shall the second coming take place then? How should that second coming be manifested to us And what are the signs of that coming? If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him. The exhortation of our Lord is clear. He will abide in one's heart and soul if one loves him and keep his word. The second coming is more than just an instant or a specific moment a particular time of our history, seems to be an intermediate indwelling of Christ within us before His coming as judge with His visible body and the dreadful, on the dreadful day of the general judgment. This coming can be understood as a way, a journey, a road on which we travel. Now, this coming is said to be in spirit and in power. In spirit... Is as much in as much as obviously we cannot see the person of Christ among us as he reserves that visit for the last day, and therefore only as a spirit does he come and dwells in our soul. In power, in as much as this participation in God's very own life in our soul goes way beyond the rules of nature, it surpasses the natural capacity of every creature created intellect, our limited human nature wouldn't be able to cross that gap that separates the human from the divine. It wouldn't be able to receive that divine life if God's almighty power was not the first, the only and necessary cause that can make that indwelling possible. We do not realize what this participation to God's life, that is, sanctifying grace, with the infused virtues and the gifts of the Holy Spirit that spring from it in every soul. So we cannot realize, we do not realize enough that participation and what it means. St. Thomas says, The good of grace in one, sanctifying grace, is greater than the good of nature in the whole universe. For grace is the germ of eternal life, the seed of eternal life, incomparably superior 
to the natural life of our soul or that of the angels. So be as diligent, scrupulous, careful, worried about your own soul as you are for your own body and health. The spiritual author explains very well. The value of a seed, a little seed, can be known only if we have some idea of what should grow from it. For example, in the order of nature, to know the value of the seed contained in an acorn, we must have seen a fully developed oak tree. In the human order now, to know the value of the rational soul which still slumbers in a little child, we must know the normal possibilities of the human soul in a man who has reached his full development. Likewise, we cannot know the value of sanctifying grace, which is in the soul of every baptized infant and in all the just, meaning those in the state of grace. We cannot know the value of sanctifying grace, that little seed, unless we have considered, at least very imperfectly, what the full development of this grace will be in the life of eternity. And this season of Advent, starting today, reminds us of the care one should have for his soul in order to make this second coming possible, not only possible, but lasting. Keep his word. See where I stand at the door, knocking. And if anyone listens to my voice and opens the door, I will come, come in to visit him. Listen to his voice and open the door of your soul during this season. Listen to his voice and keep quiet all other obnoxious voices, noises around you, constantly polluting that dialogue he wants to establish with your soul. Think of your cell phone. Think of the news, news feed. Think of social media. Think of the TV. How much noise around us? when 99% of the time, this is useless. Fast with all your senses during these four weeks before Christmas. What comes out of your mouth? What enters into your ears? What penetrates into the deepest part of your soul through the sense of sight? So do not let anything endanger the life of that precious seed left in your soul on the day of your baptism. Sanctifying grace. Come up with a battle plan and write it down for yourself and for your family. Don't leave this chapel thinking, yes, yes, I want to start this season on the right foot and I will make good resolutions, I'm sure. No, leave this chapel today with a plan in mind already, with practical, concrete, specific resolutions in a spirit of atonement and sacrifice since the whole liturgy itself expresses well that's penitential preparation necessary for the coming of the divine spouse and judge. The organ will now be quiet, except to accompany Gregorian chant. The flowers and relics have been removed from the altar. The purple or violet color of the vestments remind us of the mood of the season. Somber, somber, but yet the alleluia is maintained which makes it different from Lent. To keep before our eyes the divine infant who already came among us, bringing to the world a joy that nothing will suppress because he has had 
victory over death. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, says St. Paul, but labor with the gospel according to the power of God who hath delivered us and called us by his holy calling, not according to our works, too often small and imperfect, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the times of the world, but is now made manifest by the bright coming and appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath destroyed death and hath brought to light life and incorruption by the gospel. Listen to my word. So we then commemorate with joy his first coming in humility and love. We continue our sacrifices. We redouble our efforts to reform our lives, to keep his second coming in grace within us. And finally, we wait for the day of his third coming. And according to a spiritual author, as the third coming, it is most certain that it will be. Most uncertain when it will be. For nothing is more sure than death and nothing less sure than the hour of death. So may we during this Advent season hold firm the hand of our beloved Mother Mary, especially with this start, novena starting tomorrow. Let us accompany her to Bethlehem with the same sentiments of joy and dread. Joy for the promise of our Redeemer has been fulfilled and dread to lose the very object of our eternal beatitude, the Emmanuel, our Lord Jesus Christ, King and Savior. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.